Dear Father God, I thank you that we can have victory over the devil. We can have victory over this world if we will but have Jesus, if we will but tell others what he has done for us. And Father, if we will allow a love for the world to come to be cultivated within our souls. Tonight, Father, as we begin, we have been blessed. We've been brought into well, the courts of heaven with the music that we've heard, the singing that's been shared. But tonight, Father, we want to hear about another journey. We want to hear about Mike's journey. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak through him, that you would bless him. Lord, that you would just allow him to be your mouthpiece this evening. And Lord, I just thank you for his willingness to tell this group why he chose to own his faith. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Uh, for those who stayed, thank you. <laughs> um, but if you guys in the back want to come up a little bit closer, you don't have to. It's just, it's just a suggestion. Um, yeah, my name is Mike. I'm the, uh, the president of Bridge. Um, but before I begin, I just want to thank um, Pastor Bentley. I want to thank all the District 12 pastors because um, we are truly in a district, in a church, where they support and they cultivate young people. And that is not something that is replicated around, you know, different districts and different churches in and out of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are truly blessed and fortunate to have that. So, Pastor Bentley, I just want to thank you for all your continuing support. Pastor Conway, I think I seen Pastor uh, Henderson earlier. Um, just thank you for your ongoing support. I really do appreciate it. <clears throat> So um, the title of my testimony is called uh, A Time for War, and um, by nature I'm a, a pacifist, I'm a nonviolent person, I don't like war, but I do believe that there is a war that we should continue to wage every single day of our life. So before we get into uh, my testimony, I just want to have a quick, another quick word of prayer, and then we're going to get into the testimony. Amen? <clears throat> All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to speak to your people, Lord, I am um, not fit, uh, and I will never be fit, Lord, but for some reason you see me fit to, um, to speak to your people, Lord, so I just ask that you remove me and hide me behind your cross. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. So, uh, I am married, like the pastor said, um, if the next week will be one year. Woohoo! First year, yes. Come on now. Clap! <laughs> So yeah, next week it will be one year of marriage, and um, it's been wonderful. Um, my wife is a fantastic cook. She uh, is a great vegan cook. So um, as you can imagine, over this year I've been putting on a couple pounds. Just a couple. I still look kind of slim, but I've been putting on a couple pounds. Um, so I recently joined a, a fitness club. Um, it's called the uh, Washington Community College Fitness Club. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful fitness club. I mean, this thing has an indoor track, it has a pool, it's completely, it's just decked out, it's beautiful. So um, I've been going uh, jogging. Uh, I try to go every morning, I haven't been, uh, okay, we'll talk about it later. But I try to go every morning and um, I usually jog. I, I bring my running shoes, my, you know, my running gear, and I usually jog. And um, so I go, I try to go early in the morning. So, you know, usually early in the morning you have some, you know, older, older people uh, that are on the track. And uh, so I go and I run. So there's a running lane and there's a walking lane. So I go and I run. Um, so one particular morning uh, I was running, I was feeling good, you know, I was running and 
I was, I was sweating, and I'm like, I'm burning these calories and burning off that veggie meat from last week and whatnot. <laughs> and so I'm feeling good, I'm running. And when I get to one particular portion of the track, I feel, I hear somebody gaining on me. So I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And I'm like, every time I get to this spot, uh, there's somebody like, it feels like, uh, it, it sounds like somebody's gonna pass me. So, uh, mind you, again, there's, there's older people there, so I'm like, okay, I'm gaining weight. I can't outrun older people, so I'm feeling bad about myself. So I'm, I'm running, and I'm, I'm like, every time I get to this particular portion, I keep hearing them. So every time I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm breaking it as, as, as hard as I possibly can. And I found out I was running from myself. <laughs> I was running from myself. This particular part of the track was enclosed, and what I was hearing was my own echo. <laughs> True story. I was hearing myself, but I was like, man, I'm going to use that in a testimony, and I'm using it right now, because I was running from myself. I was running from the most powerful enemy known to man. I was running from someone who was not an evil dictator or some corrupt regime or some evil person with nuclear weapons. I was running from somebody who literally tried to kill me. A person who took me to nightclubs, took me to parties where guns rang out outside. A man who put poisonous drugs and alcohol in my body. I was running from Michael James Randall. That's who I was running from. I found out, I did a little research when I was doing this, uh, studying for this uh, testimony and uh, just studying about the art of retreat. And I found that uh, a it's a war tactic. Actually, retreating is something that you go to basic training and they teach you literally how to run away. <laughs> Very interesting. You know, soldiers are, are trained intensely. Not, it's not just, you know, one day. Over a, a, a long course, you know, a long period of time, soldiers are trained in the art of literally running away. But today, I'm not talking about running away. That's not what we're talking about today. That's not why we are here today. We're talking about engaging. We are not talking about running away from self anymore. We're talking about engaging the enemy from within. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Perhaps the greatest war between man and self in the Bible is that of Apostle Paul. He writes in Romans chapter 7, and you can go there if you would like. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. All right, verse 14, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold into slavery to sin. Jump down to verse 17. It says, But now it is no longer me doing it, but sin that lives in me. Verse 18 says, For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. Did you catch that? But now it is no longer me doing it, but sin that lives in me. Paul has drew the battle lines between the law of God and the law of sin. Webster Dictionary defines battle lines as a line defining the, posi the positions of opposing groups in a conflict or controversy. A clear demarcation between laws within his own beings or members. 
Verse 23 says, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. You know, Paul's using these terms like warring, captivity, laws. These sound like, you know, something that we hear on the nightly news or on Fox or CNN when they're talking about two countries conflicting. These are the terms that he's using, a battle, a war. The point I'm trying to make is this. Paul is engaging the enemy within. He's engaging the enemy within. He has identified it. He has named it. He has drew a demarcation and a battle line, and he has created opposition. And this is a continual battle that Paul would have for the rest of his life. For Paul, at that moment, moving forward, it was a time for war. You know, for, for many years, I was, I was in retreat mode. Have, have you ever heard somebody say, uh, you know, I'm too, I'm too young to give my life to, to the Lord. I'm too young to go to church. I, I, I'm, I'm having fun right now. Have you ever heard that? Well, if you heard it, I was the one that probably said it because that was my main thing. I'm like, I'm too young. I want to have fun. I don't want to, I don't want to commit. I didn't want to commit to anything. And I did not want to commit to a church. I did not want to lead a ministry like I'm doing right now. I didn't want to do any of those things. I liked my sin. And to be honest, looking back on it in retrospect, I wallowed in it. Like, I liked it. Like, I liked what I was doing. But, you know, looking back on it, I found that I was afraid. You know, I was I was afraid of what change would look like. I didn't know how a different me would look. You know, I, I, this is the, you know, kind of the bravado, the persona that I put on where it's like, okay, this is me, tough guy, whatever, you know, going out, doing whatever. This is, this is who I am. But, you know, back then I probably thought, okay, this is just who I am. I like who I am. But now looking back on it in retrospect, I was afraid. I didn't know what I, I didn't know who I could become. I didn't know who I could be. But uh, then a, a really cataclysmic event happened in my life in 2011. Um, with my best friend, my cousin, Pierre, um, he was the best man in my wedding, you know, love him to death. In 2011, um, he went to a party. Now, mind you, Pierre was like my, <laughs> my road dog, my, my ace boom, whatever you want to call him. He was just, he was my guy. So anywhere he went, I went, even though, he was, in, he was in a lifestyle that I didn't necessarily jive with at the time. Even, be, even, even though I was in the world, it was certain things I wouldn't do. But that was my guy. You know, it was my cousin. He was like my brother. And, you know, one night, uh, my life changed forever. Um, he went to a party, and he and another one of our cousins were both shot. Um, now, mind you, I went everywhere with him, but this particular night, no. Whatever it was, I, th I know what it was. Now it was the Lord, but I didn't go to that party. Um, and that changed me. Um, that's when I knew that I needed to make a change in my life because it was, it was getting real. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't just having fun and going out and, 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 and going to the clubs or going to bars or whatever. This, this life was threatening my potential survival. Like, this life was, could potentially kill me. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't, I didn't see that before. But now it was becoming crystal clear. And, you know, by the grace of God, you know, Pierre actually got shot in the head. And, uh, and by the grace of God, he survived, he and my other cousin survived. But that was enough for me. You know, that was enough for me because I know 
you know, my attitude at the time, my, uh, my outlook on, on life, I probably would have been the one that got killed. So I looked at that as like, this was a wake-up call. I need to get my, my, I need to get my life right. Um, I didn't know exactly what to do, but I knew that I needed to do something because um, was, that was just too close to home. So I, I moved, you know, I grew up in Ipsy, Ipsy my whole life. It's Ipsy, by the way, Pastor Bill, Ipsy. <laughs> I, I lived in Ipsy my whole entire life. I've never lived anywhere. Um, at that moment, I was uh, transferring schools. Um, I actually decided to go to the University of Michigan, Dearborn, and I decided to move down there. Um, so I had moved out of Ipsy for the first time at the age of 22. I had never lived anywhere else. Um, and I uh, moved down to Dearborn Heights, Heights, got my own apartment. I was just living on my own. I had roommates prior to that. I, I just want to be by myself. I, don't wanna, I just want to get away. I mean, most people don't retreat to Detroit, but that's, that's kind of what I did. I just moved away because I wanted to kind of be by myself. And I would spend, you know, literally hours, you know, in, 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 my, in my apartment just staring at walls. Because I, I was by myself for the first time, so I was just staring at walls, and I was just meditating, thinking about my life and what I was going to do with it. Um, if you're not familiar with University of Michigan, Dearborn, it's in Dearborn, and Dearborn has the largest Muslim population in the country, like in the country. And while I was down there, I was, I was, um, I was introduced to Islam by a couple of uh, classmates, and I even considered converting to Islam. I went to a couple of my, actually, I took a class. Um, it was comparative American identities, and one of our project was to go to a church opposite of your faith, and I went to a mosque. And I strongly considered it because I did not have any fortifying walls. I didn't have any influences. And so I was looking for anything. I was like, I want anything contrary to what I was dealing with. You know what I mean? I was a Christian at the time, but I didn't have any reinforcements around me, so I even considered that. Praise God, I'm standing here today, so clearly I didn't make that decision. <laughs> But, you know, I met my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend. And um, she introduced me to some literature that I was familiar with. Um, she gave me the desire of ages. And I grew up in a home. My, my father was a borderline theologian. Like, he had all type of books. Um, and we had a desire of ages. So when I seen that, I'm like, it brought me back to my childhood. And so, I, you know, I began to read it. And... Um, I was extremely interested, and eventually, you know, Pastor Joe Reeves working with me over, over the year, and, you know, I think it was a year and a half before I was introduced um, to that book, and then I got baptized a year and a half later. Um, so eventually I was baptized, um, and praise God for that. You know, my, my life changed completely. I, you know, I was able to finish school. You know, I was offered, uh, offered a great job, um, and I finally had that relationship with God that I always wanted. You know, but I was still falling victim to sin, and that's the point that I'm trying to make today. Um, I, made this, I made a decision for Christ. I was baptized. I was living good. I was living right. I was eating right. I was looking different. I was acting different. My mom even told me. Every, I mean, everything was different, but I was still falling victim to sin. And I think that, that you know, it might be somebody here that's, that's there right now. It's like, I'm doing all of these things, but I'm still falling victim to sin. And they may not know that there's one other step that you have to take, and that's the step eventually that leads to salvation. Amen? So, so I was, I'm like, why? You know, I had given my life to Jesus. I dressed different. I didn't yell. I didn't curse. I wasn't loud. I wasn't, I wasn't rambunctious. I, was, I definitely wasn't in the club. I wasn't, in the, I, I wasn't doing that life anymore. So why was sin still able to penetrate? What, 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 did I, what did I not do, you know, that allowed sin to still persist in my life? I did not, I didn't understand and get it. 
you know, I, was, I even became a leader. Like Pastor said, I, I'm, I became president of, you know, Bridge Young Adult Ministry, which I am to this day. And during this time, I was still falling victim to sin. I'm like, what is it? Lord, what do I have to do? You know, what do I have to do? You know, but, but even though it seemed like I had come so far, you know, I could not have been further. <laughs> I could not have been further. Because now looking back on it in retrospect, I was a sitting duck because I was not fortified and I'm out here proclaiming the love of Christ and proclaiming his promise and his salvation, but I haven't fortified myself. I was a sitting duck for the enemy. He could, pop, he could pick me off anytime he wanted to because I didn't, I didn't have that. <laughs> but now I know, and that's what I want to share with you today. And the reason that I was a sitting duck was because I did not draw those battle lines. I did not draw the demarcation. I did not draw the line and say, that's where sin is. This is where God is. Sin is there. Here's God. I didn't draw that line. And because I didn't draw that clear demarcation, every single day I was subject to advances to the enemy. Every single day, every single morning, I was subject to that because I didn't draw that clear line, and that's what I want us to do moving forward. You know, sure, most of me was surrendered to Christ. Like I said, I became a leader. You know, I was eating different. I was acting different. I was praying. I was reading my Bible. Some of me was surrendered to Christ, clearly, but there were still portions of me that wasn't. You know, like, use your imagination, and, you know, this is a country. You know, you have sin over here, and then you have Christ over here, some sin right here, some Christ right there. Well, if you can look at me like that, imagine little pockets of Christ, little here and there, little encampments here and there. But then sin was still everywhere. And I'm like, but what about the little spots? What about the little pockets? But like sin was all over me, and I did not identify it as, okay, that's an area that I can't go. That's something that I cannot do. I had to clearly make that demarcation. Because the advances of the enemy were so strong after I got baptized. They were much more strong than when, even when I was in sin. Even when I was living for the world, the advances of the enemy was so much stronger. So much stronger. This was not just a battle or a bounce with Satan. This was an all-out war. An absolute victory was the only solution. And to this day, and this is the point that I'm trying to make today, to this day, this month, this week, this day, this hour, this minute, this second, I continue to engage the enemy within. It is not something that I can put on in the morning. It's not something that I can put off till the night. I, I have to do this every single day. Every single day, I am warring against myself to make sure that I stay in line with the will of God. Like I said, I continue to engage. You know, I continue to engage. If you can use your imagination again, you have the strongholds of lust, anger, jealousy, crumbling. You know, but then I have new fights. Like, you, like I, thought that, I thought that was the hard stuff. I'm like, oh, Lord, I stopped drinking, I stopped doing, I thought that was the hard stuff. Yeah, right. I have stuff in me that I had no idea. Stuff I'm dealing with, I was probably 10 years old to start. You know, when, the, when you really surrender your heart completely and, and allow God to dig in you, you will find so much stuff that you don't even, stuff that don't even have nothing to do with you. It's not even your fault, <laughs> you know, and you're, you've been dealing with it and it's manifested itself 
in different ways in your adult life. It could be something that could have started when you were five years old. You never know. You never know. So I continue to engage, and I'm, 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 I'm taking back strongholds that Satan has once had, but the Lord is showing me new stuff. He's showing me different layers, and I'm, I'm engaging that as well. So now, what does engaging look like? Excuse me. Like what, is, what does it look like to engage the enemy of self every single day? I got eight steps for you. Number one, self-denial, that's engagement. Self-centeredness, retreat. Repentance, engagement. Self-righteousness, retreat. Prayer and study of scripture daily, daily, engagement. Prayer and study with no application, retreat. Self-confidence, retreat. Confidence in the blood of Christ, engage. So like I said in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a peace-loving guy, I'm, I'm nonviolent, pacifist, no war. Why wage war? You know, why do this? You know, in a time of turmoil and a time of nuclear weapons and crazy dictators and all this and terrorists, and why is it okay to wage this war? I'm going to tell you why. Because we are either fighting or running for our lives. It's <laughs> that simple. And we are fighting for the provinces of our mind, our hearts, and our soul. <clears throat> if you're addicted to porn, that's a time for war. If you're depressed, that's a time for war. Are you suicidal? That's a time for war. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever, with is, whatever is creating conflict within your heart and within your members, as Paul puts it, Whatever is creating that conflict, it's a time for war. You have to, you have to seek that out and figure it out. Or wh whatever it might be. It might be your phone. It might be the Netflix. It might be television. That might be an opportunity for you to draw a line and say, that's not where I can go. That's a battle line, and I have to defeat that. You have to search your life, search your heart, search your relationships, and figure out where to draw those battle lines and say, I can't go there. That's an enemy that needs to be destroyed because of my salvation. But don't be deceived. You will gain strongholds back, but Satan will go to the ends of the earth for your soul. He will do anything, and he will use anything at his disposal. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But praise God, the verse did not end there. Amen? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's Ephesians 6.12. So I know it seems like it. you turn on the TV every day and you see the craziness. You see, you know, people, you know, blowing stuff up, running into clubs and shooting a whole bunch of innocent people. You know, you see this craziness everywhere, you know, but the, the true war is not ISIS, it's not Al-Qaeda, it's not the Taliban, it's not Russia, whatever, whatever it might be. It's not, that's, that's not the true war. The true war that we're waging as the body of Christ is, is eternal, internal, and it will always be internal. It will always be internal. That's a manifestation of the war. 
the manifestation of the violence that we see, but the true war that we, as a body of Christ, are, should be engaged in and, and always should be engaged in is the internal war against sin. The real adversaries of the powers of this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil, and heavenly realms. You know, you know I hate saying heavenly realms because it sounds like it's heaven, but spiritual. You know, they, they want dominion over the provinces of your soul. But why? Again, that question is why. Why, you know, why these advances from Satan? You know, why, why little old me? Why, why little old Michael Randall? Why, why am I having this war, this confliction, you know, within me? You know, why? You know, why? Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 17. All right, and since we are his children, we good? Okay, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. And in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Did you catch that? So when I think of little old me, little old Michael Randall, why, you know, why me? Why am I, uh, you know, being subject to advances of the enemy every single day? This is not a, you know, once a year, oh, you know, I get picked off by sin. No, this is a war that I, that I have to wage every single day. Why me? Because when you accept the promise of Christ, when you accept his plan of salvation, you become heirs of the glory of God. Amen? And is that worth fighting for? Every single day. Every day. Ellen White writes in the Review and Herald, December 1908, there are many who do not understand the conflict that is going on between Christ and Satan over the souls of men. They do not realize that if they would stand under the blood-stained banner of Prince Emmanuel, that most be willing that they must be willing to be partakers of his conflicts and wage a determined war against the powers of darkness. The gaining of eternal life will ever involve a struggle, a conflict. We are continually to be found fighting the good fight of faith. We are soldiers of Christ, and those who enlist in his army are expected to do difficult work work which will tax their energies to the utmost. We must understand that a soldier's life is one of aggressive warfare, of perseverance and endurance. For Christ's sake, we are to endure. Amen? So the theme is own it. Own your salvation. Own your body. Literally, your physical body. Own it. If you're doing things that is causing confliction to your body, own it. Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. Own your happiness, your mental faculties, your, your true happiness, not, you know, a synthetic high or going out or doing something that's contrary to the, uh, to the word of God. Own your happiness. I own my body. For the first time, I can say that with the utmost assurity, I own myself. I own myself because I give myself to the Lord. So that is our theme. And that's what we want, that's what we need to live by. And so I, am, I encourage everyone here to find those provinces, find those strongholds that still are subject to the advances of the enemy, draw the line of demarcation, draw those battle lines, and wage war every single day until you get victory. Amen?
Amen. So if that is your goal moving forward, I invite you to stand. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to, to speak to your people and to be here tonight, Lord. And I ask that um, as we um, leave from this place, that we not forget what was spoken of, um, not forget your word that you've spoke through me, Lord. And um, as we continue to wage um, war against the enemy within, um, against Satan um, and, his, and his demons, I just ask that you uh, will equip us, um, give us uh, the shield of righteousness, give us a um, strong sword that we can fight, to fight every single day, and we can win back, win back those provinces and those strongholds that Satan has taken because he doesn't want us to claim the victory of salvation, Lord. He knows that as soon as we claim that, that we become partakers in the glory of God. And that is something that he and his army can never receive. And so I just pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will take up their positions, draw those battle lines of demarcation, Lord, and continue to fight every single day. And I ask that as they fight, you continue to strengthen them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.